Hello one, hello all, and welcome to episode two of the Figure Forecast. My name's Sam Gardner, and as ever, I'm joined by my good friend and compadre, Damien Cross. How are you doing, Damien? I'm doing good. Uh, excited to be recording the second episode. The first one uh, was a lot of fun. Let's hope the second one is as well. It sure was, and uh, obviously in the first episode we previewed the Royal Rumble. And now we're very much in the fallout of the Royal Rumble. Um, we, we definitely predicted a couple of things that were going to happen, but some things shocked me, and I know they shocked you too. Uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, an interesting pay-per-view. Uh, so I think we should just jump straight in and discuss the Royal Rumble. Yeah, let's do that. But firstly, I think we should definitely mention that I was the winner of the predictions and that you are going to have to do the forfeit. Yes, unfortunately, I did lose the predictions. I think I went a little bit too much with my heart, not enough with my head on some of those, especially the surprise entrance. Um, yeah, but, definitely. you know, it could be a lot worse. Um, thankfully, I, I'm saying that now, obviously before recording the punishment, but thankfully they didn't pick uh, leg waxing. Uh, I feel that would be a lot worse of a first one. I'm yes. cautiously optimistic for the punishment. Um, which we can reveal if you haven't seen it on our Twitter or Facebook, that my punishment is the Royal Rumble Challenge, which, as decided by Sam, will be that I have to eat 30 Baby Bell cheeses. In honour of the women's Royal Rumble winner, Bianca Belair, obviously. The bell in there, Belair, Baby Bell, you see what I did there? I appreciate the the joke, I'm sure everybody else will as well. Um, I have... (laughs) A total of 45 minutes to complete the challenge. I don't think I'm going to need the full 45 minutes. We just set that because it was Royal Rumble. I did try one baby bell the other day. Just because it's been a very long time since I've actually eaten them. And I just wanted to kind of have a memory of what it was before I jumped in on the challenge. Sure. And it definitely dipped my confidence a little bit in this challenge. I feel like it's going to be a, a grower definitely a grower and not a shower it's, it's one that you go in thinking oh this is easy you'll get 10 baby bells in and you'll be struggling you'll get the baby bell sweats probably um let's get into the royal rumble then um for me it was actually a really really good show a lot better than i thought it would be um what did you think overall so when was watching it there was a, a teeny tiny bit of disappointment but when you've made predictions and you've got something you're set on and that doesn't happen that's that's who you come from i watched it again the sec uh, the day after and i really enjoyed it and i liked everything it's just that don't know whether it was because it was late obviously in the uk you didn't finish until gone four yeah. o'clock in the morning it kind of takes something out of your enjoyment just a little bit if you if it's not what you want but i really really liked the, the royal rumble this year it's always a good show um only thing i really didn't like about this year's royal rumble was the way they handled the number 30 entrant. Yeah. Now, they announced Natalia was going to be the number 30 for the women's uh, on backstage the day before. I think so, yeah. Which kind of felt when we was watching it that there was going to be some twist. They had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler kind of attack her as they came out and we we, we were thinking, oh, uh, are they going to do like a Ronda Rousey twist here? Because obviously there's that friendship. You kind of like just in jest because I'd predicted it, but it did feel like something was going to happen there. And then she just got up and got in the ring and it carried on like nothing had happened. 
and that yeah. just kind of felt like what was the point there wasn't really much that happened with natalia um so the whole oh she's won the rights to enter number 30 didn't really add anything to the story of the royal rumble which was a little disappointing and then when we had the men's we had braun Strowman enter at number 30 which you was a little bit disappointed with when we was watching it live yeah definitely i mean if you if you're gonna do the braun Strowman pop he's not been on tv since i think uh november just after summer um survivor series sorry so if you're gonna do that what's the point of bringing him back on on smackdown and uh yeah it, it just seemed a bit deflating to me i thought it would have been a good opportunity even if it was seth rollins coming back at 30 you would have had a bigger sort of reaction than braun Strowman, who who you already know is back in the picture that was just my view on it but I don't know, what did you think about the 30 slot? I felt exactly the same. Like, if they hadn't shown Braun on SmackDown, if the the main event, it was the main event of SmackDown, I believe, the week before. Yeah. When just everybody started coming out and they were having that classic pre war Rumble moment where everyone's kind of attacking each other to show who's the most dominant one. Yeah. If Braun hadn't come out then, it would have changed nothing on SmackDown. No, exactly. And then when he came out as number 30 in the Royal Rumble, that would have been a surprise. I'm not sure whether it would have changed, like, oh, okay, it's just Braun, but just the fact that you wouldn't have been thinking about him might have got a better reaction. I, I don't dislike Braun Strowman. Um, he adds something to wrestling by being his really big, <laughs> uh, like, unstoppable force type thing. Um and he's always going to have interesting dynamics with other wrestlers just because wrestlers in general are a little bit smaller than they have been in the past. Yeah. Um, and you know, you've got someone like Braun and you've got that good dynamic. But it just kind of took all of the impact out of him returning at number 30 away because we already knew he was going to be in the Rumble and hadn't appeared in, in it. it. It was almost like WWE spoiled their own surprise Um yeah, exactly. it's like they've done a trailer and they've, they've spoiled a big moment and that's a big problem with movies I don't want WWE to start doing that like, <laughs> there's a lot of big returns we could have in the future I predicted a few of them for the Royal Rumble but there's all there's constantly talk about uh, returns such as John Cena, CM Punk uh, Ronda Rousey there will be Becky Lynch at some point and I do just worry that in the future we're not going to get any of these big surprises because they all just want to tell us about them before they happen. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's yeah, the I... same with Edge winning. Um, if he hadn't been on Raw, um, him coming out as number one would have been a big, would have been, uh, would have been a big moment. Um, and him announcing that he was going to be in it somewhat randomly on Raw just kind of felt a little bit odd it didn't take anything away necessarily but it was just a, a curious why did this happen wouldn't it, wouldn't the surprise have been better yeah I, I completely agree um, and, and just going back to the Edge one I think for me it was a bit of a surprise because I had Daniel Bryan to win and I thought you could have had a really good story with Daniel Bryan uh, the baby face going against this sort of colossal Roman Reigns figure at, at the uh, at Wrestlemania but looking back at it now like you said the next day I actually think Edge is quite a good winner because we we don't know 100% that it is going to be Roman Reigns he's going to go against and we're going to talk about that a little bit later but um, 
there's so many options that you can have. You can have him against Drew, which is a good match. I guess you can have him against Finn um, for the NXT title, which I don't think is going to happen. It was obviously just a rating, trying to get some ratings, him going down to NXT this week. But you never know. It might happen. It might happen. Stranger things have happened. So I think the NXT moment was more because, obviously last year we had the men's and women's NXT title matches at WrestleMania. Sure. And... I imagine the same thing's going to happen this year with it being on two nights. So I think <clears throat> sending Edge to NXT was just was not necessarily a ratings boost because they want more people to watch. I mean, it was that, but I, I think yeah. the it might also have been a case of we want to bring some of the people that watch exclusively SmackDown and Raw to watch NXT so they're yeah. a bit more familiar with um, the world title picture for when it's on WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely, and I think we're both happy with Edge winning, like I say, and overall we're both we're both pretty happy about uh, the the men's rumble as a whole. Um, going over to the women's rumble, I actually preferred the women's rumble. I preferred it on the night, and looking back at it, I prefer it again. I think it's more entertaining, and uh, the ending of it with uh, with Rhea and Bianca Belair, my two picks, but also I think the two probably biggest stars to, um, that are that are going to be in the future in the WWE, um, in the women's division, going against it was something really, really cool and something you don't see quite a lot now. It, it was almost like a, a Batista and uh, John Cena situ- situation from a few years back for me. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the women's rumble and uh, a particular highlight for me was Billy Kay. It, again, she's the one thing in WWE, the humour that actually makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> it's just so funny. I loved it with her resume going up to everyone that came into the rumble um and uh billy and jilly was was pretty epic i think we both have to agree on that yeah uh, it was a great uh, moment but i think with the billy case of my personal favorite moment was uh, her and peyton royce interacting and peyton yeah. royce trying to do the iconic quote and billy k just kind of looking like oh no i can't do it because i'm <laughs> with the riot squad now yeah, that that was really really good. Um, the only thing that I would have changed about the women's rumble was the twenty four seven title stuff in there. I just felt like it really wasn't needed. Um, I don't like the twenty four seven stuff as it is anyway. But um, yeah, I, I just felt like it, it it sort of took away from it in a way. But it was still a really good match. I don't know what's your view on the twenty four seven stuff being involved in there. It's a weird thing, the twenty four seven title picture um it's just it's just uh become an r-truth story and i love r-truth is is quite funny and i did think him coming out was a funny moment um but it does maybe it did feel a little weird I, at the time i thought it was quite funny yeah. um all the women just kind of looking like what's he doing uh and obviously it tied in with the uh, alicia fox kind of uh history they had so I, I thought it was quite funny at the time I, I don't want them to do it too often um, I do like the humour I just wish with the 24-7 stuff they would stop just doing roll-ups yeah I, I do agree with that I mean at the beginning it's not so much the roll-ups but at the beginning of it um, you obviously had um, Drake Maverick isn't it and um, a couple of others and there was an actual story in there that was entertaining and progressed throughout the weeks but now it just seems to be the same thing. Our truth comes running out to the ring, and then a bunch of goobers come chasing after him. And it's just, it's just so repetitive, and they, they really, 
I think it would benefit from putting a little story in there like they did in the early days. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind um, the random people winning. Um, yeah. It, doesn't, it can't devalue the title because the title in, is, in of itself is a joke. Um, it has no value. There are a few other... There, there are a few other similar titles in other promotions, and uh, I can't remember which promotion it has. There's one of them that was once won by a mop. So someone <laughs> was on the floor and a mop fell on them, and the ref counted it, and then the mop was the champion. Um, Amazing. And that, that's just funny. Um, so maybe WWE need to really just go all in with the ridiculousness of the 24-7 title. But I want them to keep this forever, because I believe I truly believe this is the only way I have a chance of ever winning a WWE title just (laughs) I'm setting it as a dream to one day be the 24-7 title one day be the 24-7 champion sorry yeah yeah absolutely you've got to have something to look up to you've got to have something to aim to so you go for it man you go for it but I think we're both happy with Bianca Belair winning I think she she was the obvious choice at the beginning and before the rumble Uh, I think a lot of people would put their money on her to win but sometimes the obvious choice isn't a bad choice. Um, I think she was the right winner, and a potential match against Sasha Banks at WrestleMania is, is mouthwatering. It'll be awesome. It does seem like that is the way they're going with it. She didn't appear on Mac, uh, on Raw, so I feel like they are going in the Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks direction, which should be a phenomenal match. They're both really talented and. The only question is, is they are both faces at the moment, so that makes they it a are, bit more They are, difficult. but it, it, they don't necessarily have to have a heel in there. You can have a good face versus face match. Um, just coming away from the Rumble matches themselves, um, the pay-per-view obviously started off with Goldberg against Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Um, I think the overriding sense after the match was relief that Goldberg didn't win Um, but I actually quite enjoyed it it was just a a massive sort of big hitting match Uh, I think it went about two and a half minutes and it's everything you want from a Goldberg match yeah it's it's what we've come to expect from Goldberg matches it's finishing move after finishing move and it has its place just for the variety you don't always need a, a 30 minute technical match just two guys just hitting big moves on each other can be entertaining yeah. Once you take away from the the worry that Goldberg is going to win, um, it is quite entertaining. It, he's going to hate that I say this, but I I was watching it with my dad, and he found it very entertaining just for one of Drew McIntyre's claymore kicks that it full on looked on a repeat viewing that he just kicked him in the face. Um, I yeah. know there's obviously some kind of method that you do to not get kicked in the face with moves like that but it, it generally just looks like he just kicks him straight in the face um, which was quite entertaining to to notice that yeah well your dad uh, does model his haircut on on uh, Goldberg so I'm not surprised that he enjoyed <laughs> a Goldberg match um, uh, going over to the Universal title I actually really enjoyed this match um There was a botch at the end, a little bit, with the handcuffs, but overall I I really enjoyed the match. There were some big spots. Um, Kevin Owens jumping off the top of a forklift and putting Roman Reigns through a table. And 
Kevin Owens getting absolutely annihilated by a golf cart. So we'll talk about the ending because that was yeah. a, a big moment. There read online that apparently the handcuffs were the wrong way around and um, okay. Paul Heyman couldn't get the get the key in and he didn't have bolt cutters or anything, which is why it took a bit of time. It did take a little bit of the punch out of the ending a little bit because it really obviously really slowed the pace down and then immediately <clears throat> afterwards it was over. Yeah. Um, but I won't hold that against WWE. It wasn't intended thing. It was just kind of you're always going to run the risk of something like that happening when you're dealing with handcuffs because if there's no, if they're real ones, there's no quick way out. Um, so I won't hold it against them too much because the match itself I thought was really good. Yeah, the match as a whole was really entertaining and you can't hold the, the ending against it. Um, it's, just, it's just one of these things that can happen at any point. But it was definitely the right result for me. Um, Roman Reigns going over... Right result. I thought it was going to be the end of the story. Um, obviously, they kind of picked up a little bit on SmackDown, which we'll talk about later. Um, a lot of pe- a lot of people have said with the golf cart uh, moment was just stolen from AEW. I think Matt Hardy tweeted the gif of him uh, doing doing a similar spot um, during the Royal Rumble, and a lot of people were calling on it. I don't. I, di- I didn't think of it as uh, it being stolen. Um, it might be. It's just nothing's really original in wrestling. And Roman Reigns' family have a history of hit-and-run related spots. Um, so I, I kind of took it more as a reference to that when it first happened. But I don't watch AEW very often, so maybe I, I, I wouldn't have noticed that. But... Yeah, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of AEW and watch it quite often. Um, and my initial thoughts when it happened was, oh yeah, that's what happened in AEW when Sammy Guevara got run over <laughs> by a golf cart. Um, I just realised how ridiculous that sounds as I'm talking. But anyway, um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think um, like you say, nothing's really original in wrestling now. Everyone's doing each other's moves. Um, I'm pretty sure, actually, there. In when I when I was looking at it, there was a WWE golf cart moment, like from years ago. So, yeah, like nothing's nothing's original, really. Um, well, as as everyone knows, uh, as everyone knows, the originator of the golf cart in wrestling was Kermit White. <laughs> So Matt Hardy copied Kerwin White. You heard it well, here first. I actually anyway, think as, the thing was before <laughs> Kerwin White. Let's not talk about Kerwin White. No one needs to talk about Kerwin White. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, as a whole, a really enjoyable pay-per-view, I think. Um, I think there's more ups than downs. And I'd, I'd say, yeah, really enjoyable. And looking forward to see what comes from it. Yeah. Um, talking about what's what came from the Royal Rumble, shall we jump over and talk about the... Uh, this week's shows for WWE. Monday Night Raw. So this week, I think Raw had quite a good show following the Royal Rumble. Um, the got the the follow-on show for the big pay-per-views normally normally are quite entertaining, um, and definitely feel this one had a lot more good stuff than bad stuff. Uh, is that something that you you think? Uh, rarely, yes, I would agree that this was an enjoyable episode of Monday Night Raw. And it's strange for those <laughs> words to come out of my mouth. 
Yeah, Gora always feels uh, like a little bit of a challenge, even when it is good to watch, just because of it being three hours. Um, I know when you cut adverts out, that probably goes down to two and a half hours, but that's still a feature-length movie uh, every Tuesday evening for us in the UK. Um, but I was quite entertained. Again, we'll start with uh, something something bad, just because there's less of it, and let's let's get the bad over. Uh, out of the way before we start with the good and the main bad story on Raw for me and it's been going on for a while, it's not exclusive to this week, it's the Retribution story yeah and I feel like I see where they're going with it it's going to be Kofi versus um, Mustafa Ali as a kind of blow off match once Kofi has recovered from his broken jaw I believe but Retribution have had a horrid time basically since they got given names but it just felt like they had the rug pulled from underneath them then and they just don't know what they're what's what's happening with them and it is just now uh, a part of the show that I kind of I kind of switch off and I'm not really invested in it and it's oh, nothing against anyone that's um involved they're all talented it's just what they're being given to do it just isn't really that entertaining at the moment and I, I like the the idea behind the story of Mustafa Ali being annoyed that when he got injured Kofi stole his his moment um which should be a really good story and yet some for some reason it's just not landing I see where you're coming from uh, and I completely agree that retribution just haven't got started and from locking a referee in the toilet being given awful names it's just uh, it's, it's, it's really really bad however um, just picking on something you said there the story in itself with Mustafa Ali being angry at Kofi Kingston for taking his spot I think is actually a really good basis for a story um, and if it, they do develop it right Mustafa Ali and Kofi Kingston are both really 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 good wrestlers when it comes to it and if you somehow manage to resurrect, I don't know if you can resurrect something that was never alive in the first place, but anyway, if you somehow manage to make retribution into something that is watchable and not as goofy as hell, there is potential, I think personally, uh, for a WrestleMania opener of Kofi Kingston against Mustafa Ali, because I just think it would be an absolute banger. Uh, I fully agree that when those two eventually have a match, which I'm sure is going to happen, yeah. it could be amazing. If it, it, the worry is that it will just be given a spot on Raw and it will be a, a five ten minute match, which will still be good, but it just won't be given the drama that normally gets given to pay per view matches. Yeah, exactly that, and it and it's a big step from where we are now with Retribution in their current state to getting. Mustafa Ali to where he needs to be to to open WrestleMania, so it's it's a big ask, but it is possible. Is all yeah, I'm saying. They're both talented. It's just whether the the story can be uh, just injected with a bit of oomph to make people interested. I'm sure there are people that are interested in this story and are enjoying it. Um, it's just something that's not quite just not quite there. It's it's hard to it's hard to explain, but. I think it's mainly just being burnt by retribution so much. There's There's been a few times where you think, oh, maybe retribution could be something, but then 
Next have just been such so underwhelming. I don't even think underwhelming is a word, the right word for it. It's just you can't take them seriously. You really just can't take them seriously. I think that's where the problem is. Yeah, that's kind of hit the nail on the head there. They've not been given the right uh, booking to be taken seriously, and we're kind of still expected to take them seriously, and that's kind of a bit of a problem. Yeah. So, is there any negatives you'd like to talk about? Okay, so it was uh, it's Alexa Bliss. I enjoyed her match with Nikki Cross. However, at the end of Raw, when she appeared, I don't, I don't mind her appearing as such, but the black goo coming out of her mouth, it's just, it's just laughable. It, it, it almost looked like, you know those old chewing gums that you get that had the gooey stuff in them? I can't remember their name right now, but you'd chew them and they'd have like flavour in them. It looked like she put the whole pack in there and it was just <laughs> spilling out of her mouth, but... That's the only negative that I'd give Raw this week that we haven't picked up on. It just wasn't for me. But I did enjoy a match. I, I enjoyed a match, and I'm I'm starting to warm to the uh, the costume changes throughout the match. That are like ooh spooky, but yeah, it, the ending wasn't for me. I didn't really make much uh, notes on the Alexa Bliss segment uh, for this week. Um, obviously, I was very disappointed at how she was eliminated from the Royal Rumble mainly because I picked her to win the Royal Rumble. And the the bits on this, they, they kind of didn't feel important, even though it did end the show. It just kind of felt like it just just something to show that this story is continuing. So I didn't really make any notes on it. Um, it's just more of, uh, to me, it was a, just remember this is still happening, because obviously there was no Fiend uh, Royal Rumble, and kind of the Randy Orton story was more around Edge. So I just took it as that they're just trying to remind us, make sure we don't forget that he is still in this feud. Although someone did point out to me that at the moment, Randy Orton is not in a feud with The Fiend because The Fiend is gone. He's in a feud with Alexa Bliss. And there's not, for a while at least, been a feud between a man and a woman in WWE. Um, So it's new ground almost for booking this of how you keep it going when they can't really do much um like randy orton could randy orton can rko alexa bliss and alexa bliss i guess could do the sister abigail to randy orton but they're not going to have much interaction physically so they're having to do things like alexa bliss is goo blood thing this week um it did, it did seem a little weird but it, it, i feel like it's just they're just trying to keep the story moving forward without devoting too much time to it this week which i think was a smart decision I mean, it didn't need a whole big moment I, I actually thought just the weird moment they had when they crossed past on the entrance ramp was going to be the only moment that probably would have done it for me as well, to be honest. But I think that it's pretty obvious there is a subtone that the feud Randy Orton is in with is with The Fiend. Oh, and yes. That come yeah. WrestleMania, that's probably where the blow-off's going to be. And I think it's a matter of time before The Fiend comes back now. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I thought he was in the pop-up in the Royal Rumble, um, whether as an mm. entrant or just to mess with Randy Orton. And then, obviously, they did the whole Randy Orton 
being injured and taking him out. But it's still going to be a good story when it picks up again. It, I, I can see why you wouldn't like um, the moment. It was it was slightly weird, but it's been full of weird moments. Um, they've still not revealed what actually happened to Triple H when Alexa Bliss made him disappear a few weeks ago. He's uh, turned into a news presenter. <laughs> Every, everyone changes yeah. <laughs> when they face the scene. But they're probably not going to mention yeah. that again. Yeah, probably not. But if if they do blow this off with a Firefly Funhouse Firefly Funhouse match even at WrestleMania, um, I'll enjoy that. I find I think it'll be hard though to depict Randy Orton throughout the years, as pretty much his attire since 2004 has been exactly the same. Unlike John Cena, who changed quite a lot. But that's a different story. But yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy it if it is blown off yeah, by that. They had they they did have that advantage with John Cena in that he had kind of unique appearances throughout time he debuted in trunks then he was a rapper gimmick then he was like super cena um so they did have all that with randy orton it is kind of he had long hair then he was basically bald then he had a beard and now he's like it's yeah that would be quite difficult I, i imagine they'll do a different kind of uh different take on it i don't think it'll be like a copy and paste so i'm sure they can do some interesting uh yeah some interesting moments so randy orton has a, a lot of quote-unquote demons in his past for bray wyatt to reference moving on i think the big the best thing for me and raw because although it was a good show i don't think there was a particular high high point um it was just kind of generally good throughout uh, show, but one of the things I did enjoy was that we are going to do the Drew versus Sheamus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's something that we said um, in the Royal Rumble predictions podcast that it was an, a story that we're enjoying. I'm glad they haven't just be done with it. I think it's something that's going to be really, really good. It feels like it's the right one as well because it's not uh, a big like WrestleMania um, match necessarily. It could be. But it's not necessarily that. No, it's, it's always not... a B pay per view match. It was, it was never a WrestleMania match. I think Elimination Chamber will be the perfect time for it to go down. Yeah. Now, if they want to, they could drag it to WrestleMania, put some twists on it. But as it stands at the minute, doing Elimination Chamber is the perfect time because Drew needs someone to face. Yep. But there isn't uh, a big. Sorry. The only thing. I did think though is if we're getting that match at wrestle uh, getting that match at elimination chamber who's in the elimination chamber is Roman Reigns defending his title in the elimination chamber I have no idea I, I don't know if it's going to be a number one contender match it's all I'm thinking it could potentially be could be if Edge has picked his um, opponent by then we might know but as it stands right now I'm not sure what they're going to do with elimination chamber it, yeah maybe we'll uh... we'll have to preview that at some point <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I don't know I have no idea what's going to happen at Elimination Chamber but one thing I do know is that it's coming very soon because it's two weeks until the Elimination Chamber so it's a lot a lot sooner two than I weeks. thought it would be okay. another thing that I do want to say about Raw in a different topic is that one of my favourite wrestlers from when I was younger has well and truly returned and he is jacked and that is my main man Carlito 
He looks awesome. I knew he was in a safe Carlito. I know, man. Well, he, he, he does look awesome. The only bad thing is that he's in a flipping story with Jeff Hardy against Elias and Jackson Riker. I mean, how long is that thing going to go on for anymore? Can't stand it. That That is a story that feels like it's been going on forever and also nothing's happened with it. Um, which normally would be a negative, and I would have mentioned it as a negative um, for Raw, but it had Carlito in it, so you can't say Carlito's return is a negative. Um, no, I feel like it was almost like a test match for him to be back. Like, oh yeah, let, let's you returned in the Rumble, you look good, now let's see what you like in a proper match, and we might sign you to a, a short-term deal or something, similar to MVP. It could be... Yeah, we I say we had that with MVP last year. He returned um, in a, an amazing Black Panther-inspired <laughs> outfit. Um, basically, got eliminated by Brock Lesnar immediately, um, and was like, "Oh, that was a interesting return." And then he was he stuck around for a bit, had a few matches. Um, didn't think there was going to be anything of it, and obviously now he's part of that hurt business story. So. In a year from now, who knows what Carlito could be doing? I wouldn't expect him to be world champ. No, no. that would be a bit out there. But he could, he could be tag champions. He could be, you know, he could be in a prominent mid card story. And um, he's been entertaining over over the years. He was actually one. Um, he debuted the first time right when I was getting into wrestling um, and actually following it. Like, I watched um, the odd. A uh, bit of wrestling before then, but around that time when he debuted and was feuding with John Cena, was kind of when I I got into watching it weekly. Yeah, good so. times. I remember going to a Raw taping in Birmingham um, when I was younger, and Carlito was there. And I made a, a sign at home. I think I must have been probably about eleven or twelve. I made a sign at home and I, <laughs> I painted it and everything, and it was awesome. And it said Carlito Caribbean Cool, and instead of the O's, it had apples. And I was proud of that sign. But then when, when we got to the arena, they confiscated it from us because they were confiscating everyone's signs for some reason. You weren't allowed them in there. So I was gutted and oh, I never saw it again. That is disappointing. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe if, we, if they uh, return to doing international shows and Carlito said about, we'll go to one and we'll take we'll make remake that Vengeance sign. Vengeance for my sign. Justice if for my remember. sign. I do think it's funny though, that they brought Carlito back when thematically... He is the worst uh, character to have during a pandemic when his whole catchphrase is that he spits in people's faces. Um, <laughs> well, it, just one blessing was that he didn't spit in someone's face. I feared the worst when he came out of the apple. Uh, do you have any other things from this week's Raw or just from Raw recently um, that you'd like to talk about? The last thing that I want to talk about on Raw was how good Bobby Lashley looked. And it was awesome to see it mainly because I don't like Riddle but um, that's a different story but Lashley just looked dominant and it looked like the Lashley that we've all wanted to see since he returned a few years back now he just didn't give a crap about anything absolutely dominated Riddle um, and pretty much just looked like a badass and like I say that's the Lashley that I want to see I think it's the Lashley you want to see um, and I'm looking forward to see where it goes to be honest yeah, I mean, he's looking dominant. Um, I personally, I still don't like the new design for the United States title, but 
that title does look good on him as well. It does, it does. But I look back at the old United States title the other day, and I, I think I actually prefer the new one. I thought the old one looked dated. Yeah, it's probably just nostalgia that made me be like, oh, I really like that one. Um, uh, the match and the story with him and Riddle, it's been going on a little while, and I, I do kind of wonder where it's going, because... It, it does feel like it's it's something that's been happening for a while, but he is making Lashley look more and more dominant. Yeah, I mean he's he's absolutely dominated Riddle now and beat him in matches and just made him look puny. So I'm I'm hoping that he's done with Riddle now and he just moves on to something new because uh, it does feel a little bit stale. Great story for Lashley. Not good for 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 Riddle. Um, he lost his first name. Now he's just losing matches all the time. It's it does feel like it's another NXT call up that's not going anywhere. But that's enough about Raw. Shall we move over to the blue side of WWE? Friday Night SmackDown. So moving our focus over to SmackDown. Um, at time of recording, it was last night. So fresh in our minds. I thought it was a good show in a whole. It had a couple of things that I really, really didn't like, and we'll get to that. Um, but there was a few segments that I really, really did like as well. So overall, I think it balanced out, and I came away from watching SmackDown entertained and thinking it was a decent show. Um, the show started off, as all SmackDowns do, which is not a complaint at all at the minute, with the big dog, the head of the table, the tribal chief, the baddest man in professional wrestling at the minute, Roman Reigns, coming out and addressing Edge and telling him to get his ass out. And as ever, it was an absolutely brilliant promo from the best wrestler in the world at the minute, in my opinion. Your thoughts? I I really liked the the opening. Some people don't like it when a wrestling show starts with a promo, thinks it should start with a match, but I always think uh, as long as it's not too long, a promo can be a good good start just to kind of settle in uh, to the show before you get into some, uh, some of the wrestling. And this was a great one. The best part of it for me was the scared Heyman uh, stuff. Um yeah, he plays it really well. So it was the there was the look on his face when he was trying to tell someone at ringside like play Edge's music, and they're obviously telling him that Edge isn't here, and he looks like you can see his face drop. He's like, oh no, like he's gonna be he's, he's scared of what's <laughs> gonna happen. And then uh, there's a moment, there's a bit uh, where Roman like shouts, and Heyman just looks terrified, and that's just great storytelling. We're meant to believe that Roman Reigns is intimidating everyone, except you can't have him intimidate his opponents because then you don't believe them as being contenders. So just having Heyman be intimidated is our connection to why Roman Reigns is scary. Like People in the main event aren't going to be scared of Roman Reigns because that defeats kind of the purpose of the story, but everybody else should be. And it's just kind of cementing that, and it's... Uh, it's quite entertaining. So yeah, I really liked that that opening. Roman Reigns, we we said yeah. it last time, but his promos have in this new uh, persona have been been great. Um, and this was just another one of him saying, "Well, why 
Why shouldn't I be? Like, I, I'm the main event. Like, if you're not picking me, that's that's you disrespecting me. And that's that's been his whole shtick uh, of you don't disrespect him, or or you get punished. And um, yeah, it was a great way to to kind of set set up the show because uh, obviously it, it ended with uh, Roman and Edge and kind of to book so to bookend the show with that kind of story was, was something I, I thought was pretty good yeah exactly that and we'll get to the ending uh, in due course but yeah I thought it was a really really strong uh, intro to the show it firmed up Roman Reigns as a badass and like you say um, Edge turning up late and insulting Roman it, it it sort of brought me into the story uh, it's, it started yeah. getting the juices flowing and I was thinking oh yeah this, this could be actually really really cool um, but moving away from the intro uh, which we both agree was really good I think the first match on Smackdown was something that I wasn't too keen on because we've seen it for the last couple of weeks now um, Dominic Mysterio against um, King Corbin it started off with uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio coming out doing their entrance and Corbin attacking them halfway through their entrance which was yeah. sort of tables turned from last week Rey Mysterio in his dad outfit as well yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that was the first time it sort of the mask that Rey Mysterio wears sort of makes him ageless but seeing him wear those clothes you sort of think wow he looks a little bit old there um, but <laughs> it was just it was yeah. just a strange yeah, uh, moment because obviously he's wearing a Rey Mysterio mask and then just a shirt and <laughs> trousers. It's a bit. It's like when you have him at the Hall of Fame ceremony and he's in a suit but he's still wearing the mask. It just yeah. It just looks slightly odd, like they don't quite fit together. I just thought it was funny when he came but out. But the thing is, because you see him in his mask everywhere, you can sort of imagine him going to like parents' evenings and and going around the supermarket just wearing normal clothes and his mask. Uh, it just makes me laugh thinking about him in situations like that. And yeah, I'm sure they did a sketch sort of thing once with Kane doing day-to-day things, but just wearing his mask. Um, and yeah, that's a similar thing. Like a wrestling mask outside of wrestling is an odd, an odd thing to us. I'm not sure it uh, so much is with uh, luchadors because the, the mask is obviously quite a important part. Uh, there, but yeah, it, it, there is just kind of that slight disconnect, and just kind of looks quite, quite humorous um, to see. Uh, there was another moment I, I I thought was quite funny in the match. Ray cheating by grabbing uh, his leg like was funny to me, just because that he crawled from one side of the ring to the other under under the under the apron and then grabbed his leg. I it it made me laugh. Um, Mainly for yeah, how it opened and how it ended. The match itself was a bit... Yeah, the match itself was pretty much what we've seen for the last couple of weeks. Um, the finish, uh, yeah, make you laugh, but it, it sort of confused me in a way, if, if that's the right word. Because obviously Rey Mysterio and Dominic are meant to be the faces, but that's a very heelish thing to do. You say that, but are they just referencing Dominic Mysterio's other dad... Eddie Guerrero because he used to lie cheat and steal and even when he was a face he would still do that yeah there is a history in wrestling of, of that um 
and with the whole dad Mysterio kind of vibe that this segment had just because of the the attire, I kind of took it as like just Mysterio Ray Mysterio doing whatever uh, he had to 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 ensure his his kid won, which is in some ways heartwarming. Like, um, which does yeah, still reinforce the baby face. Don't... I just don't think the finish was for me, to be honest. It wasn't yeah. one that I particularly liked, but and I, by no means do I think it's going to lead to Rey Mysterio turning heel because I don't think he's ever been heel in his entire career. Um, but yeah, it's just one of the things that I didn't particularly enjoy. No, I think it will be Dominic that turns yeah. heel. Yeah, exactly. A um, electric chair, Rey Mysterio on his shoulders, and then a Batista moment, thumbs up, thumbs down, Rey Mysterio dropped on his back. Yeah, some, some, something like that. I do want to take this opportunity to go from one funny dad moment to another funny dad moment on the show. Okay. Which did have me laughing. Uh, which was the clip of Bianca Belair's dad's reaction to her winning the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Now, um, she uploaded a video of her dad's reaction in which he stands first on the table <laughs> celebrating. Which is risky in itself. And then proceeds to... Which, yeah, which is risky in itself. Um I don't think I'd have faith in my uh, table to stand on it and celebrate. But then when he goes to sit back down in his chair, he proceeds to tip the chair over. It's a, kind of a like a reclining armchair sort of chair. And it tips over and falls out. Doesn't hurt himself. He gets up and he's laughing about it. But just that, that video that they played when we're talking about Bianca Belair was very funny to me. Yeah, definitely. They didn't. They didn't need to include it, but um, a little, a little falling over when no one gets hurt is something to chuckle at. So yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I think another funny moment on the show was who other than Billy Kay herself again made me laugh out loud with what she's doing. Um, she's just a highlight for me. Every time I see her, she's just a highlight, um, and and it's great. It's absolutely great. And long, long yeah. live Billy Kay. Yeah, SmackDown definitely seems to be balancing uh, good wrestling and funny moments quite well uh, at the minute. Um, I have no idea where this story is going to go, uh, but I'm happy to just sit back and uh, find out. Yeah, and I think they're walking a fine line with this story as well, because strictly speaking, Billy Kay is meant to be the heel character and uh, the Riot Squad are the faces, but they're sort of on a fine line where the Riot Squad could potentially become heels with what they did to her in the Royal Rumble for a start denying an Iconics um, reunion moment and then sort of outcasting her from the group it, it kind of feels like the the um, the perspective could be flipped quite quickly if you know what I mean I, I, I'm looking forward to finding out what happens with um, Billy Kay yeah, yeah, definitely. Does this story keep going to WrestleMania, or...? I don't know. Um, a little, uh, well, part of me just hopes that they somehow manage to put Peyton Royce and Billy Kay back together, because I never think they should have broken up in the first place, as they're the only real women's tag team that they have <laughs> in the whole division. Um, but that, that might just be wishful thinking. But we'll have to see where it goes. But whilst it's happening, I'm enjoying the ride and enjoying the story that's being told. Yeah. Um, next up, we had Daniel Bryan uh, versus Cesaro. Need I say anything more? Now, this was a, a, 
a great a great match. I actually missed when um, Cesaro got hurt. He had a cut on his head. Yeah. Um, I actually missed how that happened. Um, but again, these are these are two guys that are phenomenally talented at, at wrestling, and they they got a, got a chance to show it off. Uh, the the ending actually uh, happened a little bit sudden. I was a little bit surprised almost. Um, uh, we had a similar one with Sasha Banks versus Carmella at the Royal Rumble of a submission move um, happening um, and then a tap out quite quickly. Yeah. And I do think it makes the, the winner there look quite dangerous. Um, wrestling love their out-of-nowhere finishing moves. And submissions should be no different. Like, if you... You don't like to do the comparisons, but when you see submission moves in MMA, it's over pretty quick because they're quite dangerous to be caught in. Mm-hmm. So I think we're past the point of a submission move for someone staying in it for like five minutes and uh, trying to crawl to the ropes. Um, there is obviously going to be opportunities for that moment, but I do think yeah, um, Cesaro picking up a win quite quickly, not quickly, but quite suddenly um, with a submission move made him look pretty pretty dominant there and then that interesting uh, acknowledgement of respect to to close that match yeah is this a Cesaro face turn so he's been a heel for a long time he has um, so yeah I'm not sure what's going on what's happening with his character there's obviously there's been a lot of talk about his um, contract yeah it's, it's coming towards the end of uh, the, the end of the contract so it was interesting that they still gave him this kind of dominant dominant win maybe it's their way of being like oh, look you're you're being pushed <laughs> if you stay with us but if that's what it takes to get a Cesaro push I am all for it yeah definitely uh, I think I did read actually the other day that he signed a new contract I think it's expiring around Wrestlemania time but I'm, I'm sure I read somewhere that he's, he's uh, he signed a new one but yeah I think at this stage it's harder for Daniel Bryan and Cesaro to have a bad match than it is for them to have a good match. Yeah. Um, there was one, I think they had a match a few weeks back, and I know I was complaining about matches being regurgitated, but this is definitely a match that I wouldn't complain about because they're always entertaining um, and they never fail to disappoint. Yeah, if they can be given a pay-per-view opportunity to put on a, a great match, um, it should very easily be match of the night whatever pay-per-view it goes on yeah exactly that I, I, I did want to mention I did want to mention it earlier but while we're talking about Daniel Bryan there was a segment in the Royal Rumble with him and, and Riddle and I do think just to quickly mention it they could have a phenomenal pay-per-view match as well um, it, there was a lot it was, it was a, very tech, a very technical match but they, they did look like they'd be great uh, opponents <coughs> together so maybe you could work it a Daniel Bryan Cesaro Riddle triple threat like I think that would be pretty pretty good even even though you don't particularly like Riddle he is a talented technical yeah wrestler so yeah absolutely he's a good wrestler um, and I think uh, when it comes to Cesaro and Daniel Bryan uh, leading up to Wrestlemania it'll be interesting to see where they go because there were two picks that some people I know you had Cesaro I think potentially as one of your winners for the Rumble and I had Daniel Bryan um, so it kind of feels like I was thinking uh, Cesaro, but I, th- I actually went for Nakamura. Okay, okay, yeah. Who is also involved in that kind of? Are they getting pushed? Are they just up a mid card? Yeah, there's sort yeah. of a, a big group of them, Nakamura included, that 
are sort of there that have had pushes in recent weeks and you wonder what their um, trend, their t- um, route to WrestleMania will look like. Um, be interesting. Yeah. I have a bad feeling that it might be one of their ladder matches for the Intercontinental Championship where they shove a load of people that should be on the card at WrestleMania all in one match. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Oh, I would I would rather that than them just not be on there oh, at yeah, all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. those matches do tend to be amazing. There was uh, the one that Daniel Bryan won a few years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, quite a few years ago now, because it was before he quote, retired. I, th- I think that was the WrestleMania that Seth Rollins cashed in on, because I, I remember it being one of the open-air ones, uh, and it was almost daytime. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Wade Barrett was in that as well. Definitely open air, but I can't remember if it was uh, it was that one. I didn't didn't look it up before, um, but yeah, it was definitely uh, a great match. Um, yeah, it, it, so I, I think it opened or it was on the pre-show or something like that, but didn't take anything away from uh, how good it was. So hopefully we do get something, at least something like that. Hopefully something more, but um, there is only so many matches you can have on WrestleMania well, exactly. even with it being two nights exactly that give give me a match with Brian Nakamura Cesaro Big E Sami Zayn and two others uh, I'll be very happy with that so yeah that that was a good point for Smackdown for me um, but the next two points that I have about Smackdown my final two points are the segment with Sasha and Bianca Belair um, and throwing in a bit of Reginald and Carmella um thought it was, it was alright. Uh, I didn't really see the point of having Reginald and Carmella in there, to be honest. I thought you could have easily just had a segment with Belair and um, and Sasha. Um, but like I was saying earlier, I think this is the match that they should do for WrestleMania. Um, straight one-on-one match between those two I think would be great. They're both really, really good. Um, and yeah, give me it. Give me it now. Just announce that Belair yeah. wants Sasha. And I'm happy. I can't really add anything else to it. Again, it was just a bit of a confusing moment with um, Reginald because he was really heaping the praise on Sasha Banks. Yeah, I didn't really um, get that. So it wasn't it wasn't bad. It wasn't like uh, it was, again, it was just a little little confusing. But maybe when the story progresses, um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Bianca's just come off of a great uh, little story with um, Bailey and. Is, yeah, it's pretty likely she's going to pick uh, to face Sasha, so it, it should be should be a great match, and presumably will headline the first night of WrestleMania. I think so. Um, I think that's the way that they're going. Yeah. I feel like the Edge match it's going to be a, a slightly bigger, so that will probably headline in the second night, um, which is fortunate that they've got these two nights then they can kind of do that and have two two main events they've had this weird co-main event thing in a while in WWE and it's never quite felt right no. but uh, with two nights it, it will, will work um, I think they can put on a decent match I do question whether the Reginald thing may lead to a Sasha heel turn but it is Reginald going to align with Sasha Banks and then she becomes slightly more heelish as we lead to WrestleMania just so there is someone to effectively boo but yeah I'm confused as is a, an understatement of what was going on with that segment 
it, it there's a just there was just a few things on SmackDown. SmackDown's normally really really good, and it, although it wasn't bad, it was just quite confusing at times for me this week. Yeah, agreed. And I, I feel like one of those things that you're talking about leads into the final part of SmackDown, um, which was the much anticipated confrontation between Edge and Roman Reigns. Um, I, I do want to talk about one thing quickly before that. Okay. Um, which was the tag match. Oh yeah. With the. I don't know what their tag team name is. The Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. The Dirty Dogs. Um, the weird thing for me in this this match, and I couldn't really focus on the match because of the commentary by the Street Profits. Yeah. Was it very distracting to me? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that, the, to be honest. So I, lo- I, I like um, the Street Profits in the ring, but I've never liked all of their... They're talking, if, if for want for a better word, it, it's just distracting and over the top. And yeah, I think it did take away from the match in this instance. I don't mind the promos and the backstage segments with them. Um, they're normally at least somewhat entertaining, and but yeah, this one just felt strange. I looked away for like ten seconds or something, and then I didn't, and I missed if. Uh, the regular commentary scene set set it up, but when I, it was just they started talking, I assumed they would be sat on commentary, which is what they normally do, and they normally would have a few quips, make a few jokes, and maybe set up a match by interacting with their opponent. But this time it just didn't do that, and instead we had picture in picture that was just a distraction from the match, and for me at least, it just didn't work and felt weird. No, we're agreed on to that. And now let's move into something slightly better until the very end for me anyway. Um, and that was the face-off between Roman Reigns and Edge at the end of the show. Um, much like the face-off with uh, Bianca and Sasha, it really got me into a potential match between those two. And I think that's the way that they should go. Yeah, before SmackDown, I did think that was the match they were going to set up. They spent the whole week with Edge trying to into who is facing he started raw facing uh, off against uh, drew mcintyre or talking to him at least and then he went to nxt to talk to finn balor and pete dunn i believe yep that's right and then obviously we get to smackdown and he's setting himself up for the potential match against roman reigns i would have said it was certain how they'd been booking it from the opening until Kevin Owens came out and that just kind of made everything a little bit more confusing which has kind of been the theme for the entire of Smackdown if I'm being honest yeah it just made no sense to me I thought it's all over at the Rumble that was a pretty definitive ending there was no need for him to come out and stun a Roman Reigns it was just completely pointless for me Um, and I much would have just preferred sort of Roman and edge to have a confrontation and let that be done and lead towards the match at Wrestlemania The Big Question So the big question this week in wrestling is Bad Bunny and is he good for WWE? (laughs) Twitter has been very divided on this. Now I personally think that this 
can only be a positive for them. Um, I'm not as divided as what you think, actually. I think that it can be a positive thing if he's used right. Uh, we, we've seen celebrity sort of cameos, if you want, that have worked right in the past, like Stephen Amell um, a few years back. But then there's also been some, uh, and also uh, Kevin Federline, if you remember a few, few, few years back. That's a celebrity that's been used. Did you well. say that was a good one? I wouldn't say that was a good one, but uh, okay. I, I liked him. Well, I mean, they capitalised on a big star at the time and got viewers in, and uh, I thought it was a pretty good story of John Cena. But anyway. That's another story. Um, but yeah, they just need to use him right. Uh, I think that it's good that they're, they've they got a, a dude in that's that's got such a big following and is actually a mainstream name um, at the peak of what he's doing. I mean, I had a little look and he's got nearly 30 million followers on Instagram. For, so the more eyes that are on wrestling, it can only be a good thing. Yeah, the number one streamed artist on Spotify, I think it was three... Oh, his album was, I think, with 3 billion streams. Um, That's insane. So, I think a lot of the debate has been based on people not liking his music. Now, I had never heard of uh, Bad Bunny until the Booker T song, which I actually heard about outside of the world of wrestling. It's not the sort of music I listen to, mainly because I don't speak... I want to say Spanish. Uh, I think that's the language of Puerto Rico. I think so. Um, but whether you like the music or not doesn't take anything away from the impact someone like Bad Bunny could have for WWE. Um, because if he's do like he had a, a jump off the top rope to the outside at the Royal Rumble, and presumably will have some kind of Wrestlemania moment uh, I would imagine that's what it's building to and yeah, like, just the chance of people tuning in to Wrestlemania to see what he does can only be good for WWE yeah exactly and having such a big star will add to the spectacle of Wrestlemania uh, yeah. and one thing that I think I need to add is that it sounds like he's going to go all in on on a match because he, he's already, tra- if reports are to be believed, he's already training at the PC um, as we speak. So it sounds like he's going all in, and that's good, because all of the celebrity fails that have happened in WWE, they sort of seem half-hearted in a way. Um, yeah. So as long as he goes all in, um, I, I can only see it being a positive. So I, I would have thought how it was being portrayed this week that uh, to expect a Damien Priest and Booker T versus Miz and Morrison match but if it's Bad Bunny and Damien Priest I talked about it earlier about making him feel like a star it might not be what a lot of people want for Damien Priest but him being aligned with uh, Bad Bunny at the moment is just going to get more eyes on Damien Priest and hopefully that can then be turned into a good um, story a good push for, for him as long as they don't make him look dominant, I think is the the only worry. Like if he gets a clean pinfall on the Miz, that doesn't do much for the Miz at all. That kind of hurts his credibility. But if Damian Priest um, 
like takes takes the Miz out, tags bags Bad Bunny, who does a jump off the top rope and gets a pin. I think that's fine. I think that's probably where we're, we're heading, to be honest. I don't think he'll be dominant. Yeah. I think that's why he'd be paired with Damian Priest, because he's yeah, dominant. I'm, and then I'm, Bad Bunny to do a few jumping off the top rope spots, and that's it. Yeah, I'm not the the exactly excited for a celebrity cameo in, in wrestling, but it can only be good business-wise for WWE. And WrestleMania is the time to do it as well because a lot of yeah. people don't realise that it's it's not just wrestling fans that watch WrestleMania, it's outside eyes that watch WrestleMania as well. It's, it's a massive spectacle and it's, say if there's a casual fan or someone that doesn't really watch wrestling, that's the show that they're most likely to tune into. And if they see someone that's like an A-lister, if you want, someone sort of at the top of their game that's well-known on the show... It's, it's going to draw more eyes, isn't it? And that's what WWE yeah. want at the I mean, end of the even, day. If you think back to the early days of WrestleMania with uh, Mr. T, like WWE is always, uh, WrestleMania has always been more about more than just about wrestling. It's its own thing. Um, so I can see why people wouldn't like this, but I think the argument that it does nothing to help them because most Americans won't know who he is or most wrestling fans won't know who he is is missing the bigger picture and it's like I said I've never heard of him I've never listened to any of his music other than that uh, the song they, they he sang at Royal Rumble yeah but yeah you you brought he's got a, a listen uh, listening base of the, the most people in 2020 more people listen, yeah, uh, that's listen to his nuts. songs than anyone else, any other songs in the world, including people like Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, who have big mainstream appeal. So, like, would people be making the same argument if like Billie Eilish was doing something at WrestleMania? I don't think. I think people would be like, "Oh yeah, I know who that is." Like. Oh, this is great! Like they're getting some attention. Just hope she doesn't have a song as long as Kid Rock from that WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, no, God! No offense that to was memory Kid that Rock, but oh, that that went on for for ages. But uh, I do think Way it's just long. because a lot of wrestling fans don't listen to his music. Um, that they're, they're very against it. But what what I'd say is there's an E in WWE for a reason. Um, and that's yeah. the last thing I'll say on it. <laughs> if, yeah. if you want to watch wrestling, go and watch and New Japan or something like that. If you want pure wrestling, there's an E in yeah, WWE I mean, for a reason. And even AEW has l- learned since it started that it needs to be more than just like hardcore pro wrestling. It needs to have that extra entertainment. Um, Exactly. To, to make you need variety on your show. So, yeah, um, exactly that. And I, I think we both agree that it's it's definitely a good thing to have yeah. such a, a mainstream star on the show. Um, uh, so I'd, I'd say we both agree on that. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and if um, you, if anyone listening does disagree with us for whatever reason, let us know. We want to hear your opinion. Yeah, we'd love to hear your opinion. Obviously, all of this is said with the uh, fact that nothing has happened other than he's made two appearances. Post WrestleMania, we could have very different opinions on what this, depending on what has gone down. So, yeah, and if it's like Bad Bunny versus Drew McIntyre or something at WrestleMania, then I'm against that. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
that would be terrible. Uh, Bad Bunny versus Drew McIntyre, um, and and we thought versus Goldberg was bad. Let's, let's not give WWE any ideas. Um, <laughs> we all know they listen. I think that's everything for this week. Um, we've we've talked a little bit about everything. This this week we've been a little bit more of a breakdown of some of the segments, but with how wrestling is at the moment, that that was bound to happen with uh, storylines kind of starting at the minute. Um, so if you like the more breakdown format, let us know. If you want a little bit more of general stuff, that's kind of what we were aiming for, but it kind of depends what's happened on the week, what we can provide. Yeah, absolutely. All I can say is thank you very much for listening. If you listened to episode one, thank you very much. If you came back for episode two, thank you even more. And we hope that you've enjoyed episode two so much that you'll come back for episode three, whenever that will be. If you would like to know when the episode three of this podcast will come out and you don't follow us yet on Facebook or Twitter, you can follow us on Facebook at The Figure Forecast and on Twitter at Figure4UK. We will post updates regarding the podcast episodes as well as any additional content we provide, including punishment videos on both of those. We will also provide regular updates on Twitter regarding our thoughts on weekly shows as well as other things within the world of wrestling that we can't provide during the podcast. But until next time, thank you and goodbye.